so appreciative of you joining us today. Uh, to, to be clear, I want to sort of capture the moment in time. So uh, when do you as a developer hit publish or like, like what is the physical process of making your game live to the world? Wow, that's a huge question. Um, how right, do I like break the, the, the very last process? I mean, like the you do have oh, to hit like send sure. or publish on every platform. And how recently did you do that compared to when we were, when we're talking right now? Right. Well, I mean, every so I think what was different about Pistol Whip was mainly that we were you know we have an active leaderboard and there's a bunch of modifiers that place you in different kind of filtering orders on the leaderboard um, if you're using Deadeye or whatever. Anyways. As a as a live product, it we had to account for different SDKs that would serve leaderboard functionality. So it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, let's get a build in two weeks prior and then and then ship it, um, because we had all these leaderboard knock-ons that needed to be accounted for at the um, the ecosystem level. So whatever their SDK was had to be implemented. So there was a bit of a mad dash to make sure that all the leaderboard stuff was stable and um, shippable, I guess. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty normal process. Do you have any expectation for when you'll be able to get that PSVR version out? Uh, we're not announcing anything yet, but it's been something in, in the works and planned for for a long time. But it'll, it'll be sooner than later. Hmm. So uh, the I lost my train of thought a little bit, but I want to talk about... Um, Sort of what Cloudhead is as a studio and how you arrived at Pistol Whip, because your first two games are completely different from Pistol Whip. And I, I don't, I think it might, it's probably a surprise out there to people that you arrived at something so different from those first two. So I'm curious about that process. How did you arrive at such a different game? Yeah. Um, interestingly, it's not that far off from kind of the studio sensibilities in the first place, because you know, for the longest time we talked about, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to do Indiana Jones? Let's take that scene for scene and rebuild it as a VR experience, like some some kind of movie narrative that you get pulled through that you can't stop as a user. You you just have to um, kind of react to it. So uh, the whole studio is a big fan of just movies in general. Uh, and when we started, you know, getting into action movies and then John Wick came out, there was this kind of moment where we're like, well, so what if we took action movies and then we broke them down based on, you know, how they're how they're actually um, editing those scenes and pulling a user through a scene, or rather the viewer in this case through a scene because of the orchestration and because of the soundtrack, and they're doing these really smart cuts beat for beat as you kind of move through an action sequence. So we're like, how how could we translate that to a game? And in VR, that would be sticky and something we could accomplish with, you know, a a medium budget and not a ton of time. So that was really kind of the the starting point for what Pistol Whip eventually became was, you know, how do you drag a user through an unstoppable action sequence and just really tap into a reactive mind more than anything else? Mm. The, the, the reason I was bringing up the multiple versions of the game was uh, I got an update for the Quest version probably an hour before your launch mm. uh was was scheduled to uh, go uh so it was clearly an evolving product even to the last minute and hmm. i guess i'm wondering how do you manage stress as you approach those last that finish line how do you stay focused and not crumble 
<laughs> well, wait, I mean, when you come, so, th- you know, there's, there's the, the sort of normal process for this stuff is, you know, you, you're working towards a release candidate and that's being tested by a lot of different people. Um, and are that you start kind of triaging you go through a list of priorities well you know every game ships with bugs that's just the way it is you can't you can't account for every use case so you end up having kind of a backlog of oh, okay we got to fix this and this okay when does that actually get patched in and fixed but leading it to launch you start identifying very high level like oh this is going to crash the game or this is not going to or this is going to make the game unstable so any any kind of like last minute pushes are all in service to maintaining game stability more than anything else mm. um so if you saw anything like that that's that's what it was in terms of us crumbling <laughs> um we you know every game studio has a different way of of kind of functioning we tried really hard on the, the last two projects not to crunch but inevitably, um, there's always a couple people, you know, or three people where um, they're, they're just wearing too many hats and they have to work more than anybody, anybody else on the team. Everybody worked very, very hard on this, on this production. It was very much a passion project in that way. But um, yeah, the, the wheels definitely start coming off at the end when you're just, you know, you've pushed it as hard as you possibly can, both physically and mentally. And it's kind of the nature of video game production as much as you try to get away from it. Even when you're like super conscientious of, you know, over time, um, it's really, really, it's just a super difficult medium. It's not, I mean, I would say it's even harder than making a movie. Those guys get paid for crazy overtime. They expect it, but they're dealing with a linear narrative and nothing ever changes from that. And the edit is the edit and there is no bug bug fixing and there are no user use cases or knock-ons from users breaking a system or doing something unexpected like video game production is just hard just just flat out hard period um and vr is an interesting multiplier of that so (laughs) you have kind of known things that you're up against in video game production but then you add vr's unknowns to that matrix and it's yes it's a force multiplier very difficult um and I don't know, you just force yourself through it, I guess. <laughs> and, so, and so I guess, what does launch day look like in that scheme of, of ongoing development? Because you mentioned uh, wanting to do updates uh, almost weekly, I, I believe. Uh, and I want to understand, is there a breather here? Are you able to take a breather? And uh, what are you looking for now from the community? So, so what yeah. sort of feedback are you hoping to receive? Yeah, we're we're a pretty small studio, so you know we're 13 right now. Um, so what we kind of do, or what we try to do, is kind of do rolling time off for different people. Um, just in terms of like the mechanics of running a studio, it's just um, trying to give people you know adequate time to take some downtime after completing a project. At the same time, while making sure we have support for the community because they're expecting different things. Um, so that that's all in the works. Um, yeah, in terms of like updates, we we do plan, you know, kind of like bi-weekly updates or monthly updates. Um, and it, again, we're always triaging. We're always like measuring what what is most important to release as a feature or what is most important to release as a fix for a problem that might bubble up because we can't test for everything despite best efforts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're, what we're hoping from the community is just... Um, you know, we, we have a, a personal backlog of uh, 
there's a bunch of um, wish list items we have for for what we want to see go into the game. Uh, we're hoping for a pretty like open and liberal back and forth process with the community so that we understand what they want versus what we think we want and that they want <laughs> um, so that we can open that kind of conversation and dialogue. Um, of course, we're always going to be, you know, fielding bug reports. That stuff's just going to happen and we're going to, you know, prioritize them as they come in. Pistol Whip is such a fascinating game to me, uh, just in so many fronts. Uh, and that's, uh, I guess I'll just start off with my sort of range of experience with it. So you kind of start off on normal mode with one gun uh, firing at these people that are coming in, these these shadows that are running in from the sides and getting sort of to memorize where they're coming from, seeing where the platforms and the buildings kind of create space for them to run out for you to to aim at. And I want to say it's maybe one or two playthroughs through the game when you start realizing your aim doesn't need to be perfect um, for you to still hit most of these targets that are running out in various places. And I, I played the game on Index at first for quite a, a lot of hours. And then uh, within the last few weeks, I got access to the, in, to, to the Quest version. And it's, a, it's such an amazing example of the differences between wired and wireless uh, gaming because I absolutely adore the sound on Index. Those speakers are amazing right off your ears. I love the visuals when it's running at 120 frames per second with that resolution. It's just, it's, a, it's an absolutely gorgeous experience and my eyes feel more comforted uh, in there compared with uh, even say a Quest. Um, but then I started getting to hard I, I started practicing the levels on quest and getting in with that beat and i started realizing that because i'm wireless on quest i actually feel confident enough to jump into the air and bring my pistol down on a bad guy at just the right beat and that's something i didn't feel confident enough with a with a tether running down my back to a pc to feel like i could do without harming myself mm-hmm. so uh it's it's such a fascinating difference because uh, yeah the index I could play for hours because visually comfort is off the charts for me I love I feel great coming out of there after an hour where I might feel a little bit of a headache or a little sore after maybe that same length of session in a quest um, I want to know sort of that's my impression but what as you as a developer on the developer side of things. How do you take all these things into account? Are these things you notice when you're developing the game? And how does that relate to the end product? Yeah, I mean, without writing a novel, um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, we, we knew just as a studio in the, the current marketplace of VR, which is, you know, it's, a, it's, a tr- it's always been a trepidatious um, market where you have to, place some pretty safe bets um our studio didn't play safe bets with um the gallery we went for um you know call of the star seed and heart of the emberstone we went for something that we thought you know people wanted we we thought oh let's let's shoot for the moon let's let's try to really bury a user in a deeply narrative very immersive experience high uh, you know high quality high budget um visual values um really detailed uh, interaction systems, all this stuff. We did that. And if, if this had been, you know, a normal video game market, 
we would have been tapping into that mist like um, portion of the market, which would have made it economically viable. But VR has had this very slow growth curve that we've all seen, right? So in getting to your question, the, the, the reason Pistol Whip became what it was was because we had to look at what was working on the market, kind of doing a really deep dive in dissecting the top 10 titles that were always being played or experienced on all marketplaces, and then really digging down and picking apart the, the values and the pillars of those experiences, and then trying to apply it to kind of our narrative sensibilities in terms of what we wanted a person to feel when they played a game like this. Um, so, but we knew at that point, we recognized that, you know, the only way to remain a viable VR studio of medium size would be to build something that hit those marks. And in order to do that, we also had to account for PSVR. We had to account for Quest. And so basically from bottom to top, high end to, to you know, visually low end, we had to figure out something that would work on all platforms. So we started from that premise, like what, what are the, what's the visual bar we actually have to hit in order to deliver on all of these platforms? And then secondarily, you know, what's, what's resonating with users and, and what is onboarding new users um, uh, so that we can help the market grow just kind of in general with whatever we're bringing out? Uh, I think it's a fair question to ask. Do you, do you think Pistol Whip's going to sell headsets? Yes. Mm. I do. I, 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 I say that because that was a, that was a significant part of design. Um, you know, we had a number of different pillars for what we needed to hit. And one of them was, you know, if you don't understand this game in the first 30 seconds, then we've already failed. So I believe it's the kind of game that you can put on a family member or a relative or a stranger at the bus stop <laughs> on a quest <laughs> and, and that they will viscerally understand. There's no, um, you know, I put my dad in the other night. My dad's getting up there. He's 77 or, you know, he's getting aged. And <laughs> uh, he, I didn't have to explain anything to him. His body took over because it was just this visceral understanding of survival, right? You know, I, I, I agree there, but I, I still, I got to talk about the people that forget to dodge, right? Yes. Why, why does that happen? Why mm -hmm. do, I don't are they trained by flat screens? Yes. But like, I put it on a, on a couple people and they just forget that, oh, my, my head actually moves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah. So and my dad is actually a good example because he knows, he knew from prior experience that VR allowed, you know, this liberal freedom of motion. So he took, I guess he took that part for granted. Um, we're still at that phase where if you put a completely green person into VR, um, you have to tell them to physically move their body because exactly that they've been acclimated to look at a, a 2d screen and have no uh, impact on, on movement at all. Mm. So yeah. I, I think, let me focus this question specifically on you as sort of the leader of your team. You've been through the trenches of the early days of VR and you've had to keep a studio together through that evolution of finding out what people uh, actually want and you've spent the, the the last year on the development of this game pistol whip that uh released right before you came into this studio which is an experimental piece of software itself um but i, I want to understand sort of do you ever take a breather and t take a deep breath and realize uh 
I don't have to worry so much about uh, the studio having trouble making enough money or keeping all the people employed that you've been employing for this length of time. Is there, you know, like a threshold in your mind for how many units Pistol Whip needs to sell in order for this weight to be lifted off your shoulders? And is there a weight on your shoulders? Hmm. <laughs> well, there was for a long time. There was a weight. There was a significant weight on the studio's shoulders. But that, I mean, I mean, I could say as a broad statement to the VR market as a whole, that's I've seen so many VR studios close down over the last two to three years, um, and and these were people that were arguably putting out great VR products, and it's it was just simply because the marketplace wasn't big enough to support them, them or the vision. You know, again, it's like this fractional market thing. If this had been flat screen PC market, they would have been fine, but it's VR and there's, we're still, you know, building up the, the player base. Um, so, and, and, and as a studio, we wrote that same kind of curve that up and down, like, Oh, well, are we going to be okay to here and to here and to here in terms of our, our burn rate and our runway? Um, Cloudhead, thankfully, even without taking investment, has done that. And not many studios can say that. <laughs> um, so we've been doing okay. Um, and more recently, we've been doing even more okay. And I can't get into all the reasons why, but um, we'll talk to that um, soon. So Pistol Whip, um, I, th I think my, my worries are very different. They're not, it, they're not so much financially based at this, at this point. Um, they're just, you know what, honestly, it just comes down to having a studio of people that work and build products together. They spend more time here than they do at their, with their families at the, at the dinner table. So making people happy here at the studio has actually become my worry. That's actually my most significant worry. Um, Pistol Whip, I think, is going to do just fine. I think it's going to compete and, and it's going to do very well on market. Um, just and and I said this earlier, but uh, my validation for that kind of came from a lot of our peers in the industry who have been doing this a long time and gave us some very candid feedback behind the scenes, saying you guys did kind of the right mix of things here, and it's going to do very well on market. And, you know, th they kept telling us that, and we kept kind of a cautious approach to, you know, whether our friends were just blowing smoke up our ass or if that was a true statement. But as we get more reviews and, and previews coming out um, from pl the player base, we're, we're starting to believe that a lot more. Anyways, I think it's going to do good. Um, I think it's going to, do very well for our studio. And I also think um, it will be a great onboarding tool for new users. Mm. Uh, let me ask about hand tracking. I don't know how, how long this has been. This has been a, a really fun conversation and I don't know how many more uh, questions I have uh, left. I, the, the one I want to ask about is hand tracking and how uh, I was really impressed with the hand tracking at Oculus Connect 6, except it didn't seem great for games. As a developer of several games, I have to ask, what do you think the applications are there for you? Yeah, I, well, I personally am really excited about hand tracking. I've been excited about it since um, Leap Motion was doing all their incredible work um, with hand tracking. And I think a, a few of them have moved on since to Oculus um, to help with that initiative. Uh, I like in terms of again in terms of an onboarding thing. It's the first thing new users look for when they put a headset on. It's like, well, where's my hands? 
once you have that in play, it's it's a significant uh, friction point thing that it's, it's another one of these friction points that are removed from the equation, which is which is just going to help the ecosystem in general. Uh, as a developer, I'm actually pretty excited about it in terms of, uh, you know, deep, uh, deep dives into narrative and expressive and and uh, content and, and doing these tiny manipulations within an environment. Because I, there's no better surrogate than your hands to do these these little things. Even though you're losing, you know, some, some tactile um, haptic feedback in that loop of things, I still think it's a more potentially compelling um, way to interact with the environment. Um, that said, I th- so what I kind of think will happen is that will be brought up to a significant level where it works great. Um, and at that point, you're going to be relying on secondary um, peripheral support. So if I want to play a gun game, well, I'm going to buy a gun controller, you know, something that's really only giving me um, maybe some tracking data, but it's giving me haptics and it's giving me a trigger to push. Um, the future is definitely in hand tracking. I've always believed that. So I have high hopes for it. Interesting. So would you say uh, you can't play pistol whip with just finger guns? Or? You can. You, you, yeah, you, you could, but you would lose haptic feedback, which I think is actually a, a pretty significant downer Like in that type yeah. of experience. You want, you really, and in some cases, you really need that level of haptic um, feedback. So that being said, I've also seen um, in, uh, sort of small micro haptic devices like thimbles that slip onto your, the end of your finger that deliver a haptic impulse. Um, I'm hoping we see solutions like that, like as peripheral technologies that help with these type of experiences. Mm. Interesting. Well, uh, that's a lot of the questions I, I, I had prepared. I, I think it's interesting that you came in here right after sort of all these people uh, downloading your game and you mentioned sort of, I mean, you, you, is it is the office really like, computer screens are open and everyone's got different dashboards that are letting them see how many downloads the game's getting. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, are you watching the numbers intently and sort of trying to stay yes. calm? Yeah, so, so like, you know, Paul's in his office right now, kind of jealously guarding the builds and seeing how things are going. Denise is upstairs and, and she's watching computers. And then our, our main kind of meeting and, uh, ideation room is full of everybody else and they've all got their phones out everybody's watching feeds you know and there's a there's a main tv where we're displaying everything everybody's pretty excited to watch you know the feedback come in and we're just kind of we're talking about it we're here celebrating but we're also trying to be reactive to whatever is is coming down the pipe i guess the only thing i want to say to the you know the our, our our new users and our new kind of family of of ecosystem users is that we have a very long roadmap for pistol whip um that we plan on supporting um really diligently so um yeah i mean even cost is something that it's going to come up it comes up with every game release and users you know identifying what they think is an appropriate cost for this or that we came out with the price that we came out with essentially because we have a very long roadmap in front of us and, and users are going to get a very high value add to the thing that they're buying. It's not just going to sit stagnant. There's a lot of stuff coming out and a lot of it is free. Um, and we have a high confidence in that. So they should feel good with their purchase. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, for coming up on this podcast right after launching your game and, Uh, Thank you for everyone for tuning in and uh, 
please leave us comments on all the uh, Pistol Whip videos. Come check our review if you haven't seen the game, uh, don't have a good sense of what it is. Uh, and subscribe to the VR download and check with us next week. Thanks Thank you Ian. so much, Denny. Yeah, take care. Thank <laughs> you.